God's got an assignment for your life, and it's an important assignment. Actually, it's to take back America, to see souls saved, miracles, signs, and wonders done in his name. And that's what the church is supposed to be. Not in here, but out there too. You know, praise, praise God, we had a wonderful weekend this weekend, and we got to minister to people and talk to people. Uh, we gave out snow cones yesterday, and we had olive wood crosses that we gave out. We gave out probably 100 olive wood crosses, and they had the softball game down there, and we got to get together with another church and, and, and play ball. And, 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 you know, it was a blessing. They had a good time. You know, it wasn't no rivalry. It wasn't no big deal. It was just getting together and, and having fun in the Lord. And, and I believe without a doubt, if we're going to see a moving of the Holy Spirit, if we're going to see an awakening of God, this is what it's going to take, church. We're going to have to get together as brothers and sisters in Christ, and we're going to have to start worshiping together and serving together and doing things together so that the world can see that we're not against each other. You know, these denominations have put us in a battle against each other for so many years. It's time to put that mess aside and move on to the plan that God has for us. God's got a great plan for us. And I'm telling you, in Acts, it's powerful because Acts is, we see the first church begin. I'm popping here a little loud, ain't I? I'm excited. That's all right. In Acts, we, we see the excitement. We see the power moving, the people getting saved, all kinds of things happening. And then we get to chapter 12. And in chapter 12, it really starts getting serious. I will tell you something, church. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to be attacked by the devil. You will be attacked. Don't you think you're not? You will be. I tell people all the time, this is, this is no, uh, you, you know, how do they say it? Oh, if you get saved, everything's good. God will give you Cadillac, a brand new home, and all that stuff. Uh, that's not true. When we get saved and accept Jesus Christ, that's when the battle begins. That's when we're tested. That's when we're tried. And the more we go through those testing and trials, the stronger we become. And as we become stronger ourselves, we become more stronger united with each other. And so I want to read from the 12th chapter of Acts. And I'm going to tell you, man, there's some power in this scripture here today. There's always power in the Word of God. I love the Word of God. If you pick my Bible up and look at it, I got it marked up, highlighted, written in between the lines. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, this is the secret to the world right here. This is the secret to your life and your blessings. This is a secret for your family. This is a secret for your job and your finances right here. And so many people want these things, but they don't want to. They don't want to come to the Lord and accept the Lord and let the Lord show them how to get them. They try to do it on their own, but they never find that true peace and happiness. So I want to read from Acts the twelfth chapter, and I titled this "When Angel When an Angel of the Lord Shows Up, Things Happen." I want you to think about that. Things happen. Now about the time Herod and the king stretched out his hand to harass some of the church. Then he killed James and his brother of, of John with a sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the day of the unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison, delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him intending to bring him before people after Passover, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constantly prayer was offered to God for him by the church. 
when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping. Bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door that were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by and a light shone in the prison and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off of his hands. Then the angel said to him, Girt yourself and tie your sandals. So he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. And so he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. And when they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that led to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And Peter had come to himself. He said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hands of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And Peter knocked at the door to the gate, and a girl named Rhoda came and answered. And when she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you're beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it is his angel. Now Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison, and he said, Go tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. Then as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. But when Herod had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down to Judah of Caesarea and, and saved stayed there. Now Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, but they came to him with one accord, and having made Blastus the king's personal aid, their friend, they asked peace because their country was supplied with food by the king's, king's country. So on a set day, Herod arraigned in the royal apparel, sat on his throne, and gave an oration to them. And the people kept shouting, the voice of God and not of man. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God grew and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry and they also took with them John, whose surname was Mark. May the Lord add the blessing to the reading of the word today. I want to tell you, when angels show up, things begin to happen. You hear what I'm saying today? When angels show up, things begin to happen. And I, and I thank God, you know, there, there was a time when, when Acts first started that everything was good. Salvation was, was many, plentiful. People were getting saved. Things were beginning to happen. 
And, and you know, Herod, now this is the next Herod in line. This wasn't the same one with Jesus, but the next one. And Herod decides that he's going to start politicking. He's going to try and get the Jews on his side because, you know, if they have the Jews on their side and everything's peaceful, then, then, they, then they get credit as a politician, I guess, and they can move up the line into power. And so, you know, he decided he's going to kill James. You think about that. Now, James was one of the first disciples that died. He said, now about the time Herod and the king stretched out his hand to arrest some of the church, then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter. And now it was the day of unleavened bread. And so when he had arrested him, he put him with the prison and delivered him for, to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring before the people after Passover. You know, the, the, powerful, the power was so strong with the church at this point that the Jews were getting upset. They were upset about what was taking place, about how these people from the way that loved Jesus Christ and accepted him were getting saved, and they were receiving the Holy Ghost, and things began to happen. And I'm talking not just a couple here and a couple there. I'm talking thousands. People were, uh, thousands of people were, were, were getting saved and accepting Jesus Christ. And, and so we see that, that this experience of success that they thought that they didn't have to worry about nothing was short-ended right here when Satan raised his head. And he got into Herod, and he decided he's going to kill one of the 12. And he kills James, the first one. You know, a lot of great things that happened between this time. Saul got saved and became Paul, the Gentile, the Gentile soldier, Cornelius, in Antioch got saved, and, and so Satan couldn't stand it any longer. I want to tell you something, church. America today is in a battle. And, and we have an important assignment as the body of Christ, as the church. You, you know, Jesus promised us no special protection. For even his closest followers, he warned them to be ready for persecution. Now, if you look in Matthew 10, 16 through 26, it talks about this. Why is it that we, we think we're, we're entitled? Why is it that we think nothing should happen to us and we should just have this rosy life and, and, and that we should have all these things and, and not have to worry about anything? Let me tell you something, church. If you're really serving the Lord, if you're really anointed by God and you're walking in the Holy Spirit, things are going to come against you. You hear what I'm saying? The devil is real and the devil doesn't want us to succeed. The devil's doing everything he can right now to destroy America. And the Lord is calling out warriors. The Lord is calling out people who are going to be faithful to serve. And so, you know, Herod threw Peter in the jail, in the prison. He had him chained up to soldiers, one on each side. He had soldiers at the gates going in and coming out, both gates and at the main gate. Now, I'm telling you what, he didn't want him to get loose because he Going to make, he was going to make a name for himself killing Peter because who was Peter? Come on. Peter was Petra. He was the rock. He, Jesus said, I, on you, I'm going to build my church on this rock. And so, you know, as we walk this journey together, as we're out there serving the Lord, you need to get ready. 
Satan's real and Satan will come after you. And if you're not ready, if you're not anointed by God, if you're not walking in the will of God, if you're not in that integrity of God, Satan's going to start chipping away. We don't run, church. Ain't nowhere in the Bible when Paul talks about the armor of God, there is nothing on your back. And nowhere in the Bible it says that we'll turn and we'll run. We're always moving forward. And so the battle's real here. And Peter is in prison and they're getting ready to kill him. And there was a few reasons why, why Herod kind of waited. You see, Herod, he wanted to, to observe their Passover, even though he wasn't a Jew. You see, he's getting brownie points here. He wanted to wait till the pilgrims left because it was, it was the, the celebration of unleavened bread. And so everybody came in. All the pilgrims were getting saved. They were, they were Christians now of the way. And so he wanted to wait till they left because they might have an uproar. You know, they might have a, ha, have a major battle on their hands if he killed Peter then. So he left him in prison. And he wanted to wait till he had the Jews full attention. You see, the Jews wanted them killed they wanted to stamp out the Christian church they wanted to get rid of all these people who claimed to, to love Jesus Christ and walk in the way and that's us walking in the way it said and Peter therefore was kept in prison but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him and when Herod had brought him forth the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers before the doors kept the prison. Woo! He was asleep. He was getting ready to die. He was getting ready to get executed, probably get his head cut off. That's what they believe happened to James. They cut his head off. And here he is sleeping. Any of y'all sleep if you need to go get your head cut off in the morning? Amen, that's some, powerful, that's some powerful anointing right there. You hear what I'm saying? He wasn't worried. He wasn't worried at all. He knew that God was going to take care of him. He knew what was getting ready to happen. It was tight. Herod wanted to make sure he wasn't going to escape. Now, I want to tell you something, church, today. There's a lot of people chained up. There's a lot of people in bondage. There's a lot of people that need to open up that door and walk into the power of God, but they're afraid. There's a lot of people that can't open the door. Only God can open. And so, you know, today, when the angels show up, things begin to happen. When the angels show up, Megan's car, she didn't get killed, amen. Can you imagine getting broadsided at 80 miles an hour going down the interstate? What would have happened to her on that side? Let me tell you, don't tell me there's not angels. I know there's angels. I know they're real. I've seen them in action. You hear what I'm saying? When I look back at my life, my evil life that I lived, I could see all kinds of things where there was definitely an intercessor angel standing in before me. Amen? I know without a doubt from the places I've been and the things I've done only by the grace of God and the angels that are my life here today. And some people still don't believe in angels. Some people don't believe in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And that's why the church is so weak. Let me tell you, if you're not walking in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, if you don't have that boldness in your body, if you don't have that stamina and that integrity, Satan's going to slap you around, beat you up all the time. But once, once Satan realizes that you walk in the mighty anointing of God, Satan starts backing up a little bit. 
You see, I rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus Christ. He has no power in my life, in my family, in my children, my grandchildren. What a blessing to pray with my granddaughter up here. Amen. She comes up and said, Papa, I want to pray. I said, what do you want to pray for, baby girl? I want to pray for daddy and everybody in the world. I said, amen, let's pray. You hear what I'm saying, church? I'm telling you, we need to start raising our kids where they shouldn't be in church. We need to let them know that they can walk in a power if they're eight years old, amen. They can walk in the power of God just like we can and probably better than we can because they believe. Some of us here today are unbelievers. You really don't believe that God can do what he says he can do. You really don't believe that what the word of God says is the word. It's the ultimate word. It's a, it is it. It's final. It's stamped. Everything in this book will happen. Mark my words. If it hasn't happened yet, it will happen. There's going to be a great awakening. I want you to pay attention. There's something in here that's really important. I don't know whether you noticed it or not. It said in... But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. You see, these people got together and they were prayer warriors. I'm going to tell you something, church. If you don't know how to pray, you better get busy. You better get busy and you better learn to pray because prayer is one of the most powerful things we have as Christians. Prayer is what helps us to live every single day. Prayer is what girts us, it uplifts us, it's our foundation. It's what we pray for for our children and our grandchildren. I prayed for grandchildren before I ever had them. Years before I ever had them, I prayed for them. And I'm going to pray for great-grandchildren and pray God will let me see them. But I'm here to tell you, when you really begin to pray, things begin to happen. But you got to believe it if, you, if you're going to receive it. There is power in earnest prayer. When we get together as the body of Christ, as a church, and we begin to pray, things are going to happen. When we get together as the body of Christ and the other churches, can you imagine what can happen? Can you imagine the awakening that could happen if we begin to fellowship with all these different churches who believe in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost? I'm going to tell you something. I'm not going to just worship with anybody. If they don't believe the word of God, I'm not going to worship with them. You've got to believe the word of God. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, if we can agree to that, we can agree to something, we can move on. Earnest prayer. It's a demonstration that our heart cares passionately about the things God cares about and fulfilling Jesus' promise. Earnest prayer. Man, we got some prayer warriors in this church that are powerful and when you hear them pray you know they're powerful you don't have to be educated to pray all you got to do is be earnest and just open up your heart and when you open up your heart and you begin to pray God begins to hear that see it's not a show Contrary to belief, church is not a show. And that's a problem that's happened today is a lot of mega churches have made it a big show. They got smoke, and smoke coming up and all this fancy stuff going on and it's just a show to encourage the people. I'm going to tell you something, church. I love every one of you and I'm going to be truthful with you. I want to tell you if you're not living for the Lord, you're going to go to hell. That's just the way it is. You might say, well, preacher, that's pretty rough. That's the truth. If you're living for the Lord, you're going to go to heaven. It's pretty simple, pretty black and white in my mind, but some people say, oh, preacher, you shouldn't say that. You know, that's pretty bad. You judge. I ain't judging nobody. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. 
We should be fruit inspectors, amen? I want you to go to heaven. I want your children to be blessed and your grandchildren to be blessed. I want you to walk in the power of God in such a way that when you walk into a place, people can feel something and they don't know what it is. You know why they don't know what it is? Because they've never been in the power of God before. They've never been around somebody who's truly been anointed and knows without a doubt that they know they're going to heaven. Woo! Somebody ought to say amen. Do you know you're going to heaven today? If today would be the day, if you drop dead right here, I'm like Peter, I'd just be sleeping. Praise the Lord, I know where I'm going. I've worked too hard, too long to turn back now. I'm not turning back. I'm not letting the, day, the devil entice me with drugs and alcohol, with sex or any of that stuff. I'm not letting that happen. Pay attention, church. The devil knows your weakness. The devil knows what you like to do. The devil knows where you're at, where your mind's at, what you're thinking. That's why you gotta, you got to control this peanut up here. You don't control it. Let me tell you what, the devil will be in there having a field day with it. Don't you fool yourself for a minute. Man, I'll tell you what. Ain't God sent an angel. Hoo-hoo-wee, God sent an angel. I'm going to tell you, I don't know about you, but for 18 years, there were people praying that God would send an angel for me, and I know that. I was in such bondage. I, I, was, I was caught up so much into worldly things, and I thought the world would make it all better, and if I'd done all that worldly stuff, that it was all good. When all I was doing was trying to hide my hurt. Listen, church. It said, and behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared. A light shone in the cell, and he struck Peter's side, woke him up, saying, get up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands, and an angel said to him, girt yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so, and he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. Woohoo! Wrap your cloak around you. Get ready. Let's go. That angel said, come on. The chains fell off, church. You hear what I'm saying? The chains fell off. What chains are, are binding you up today? They begin to walk. They walk right out the doors. The guard's still sleeping. They walked out the first door. They walked out the second door, and they walked out the iron gate. Woo! Right through all of them. Herod thought he had it. He didn't have nothing, amen. It ain't nobody here can take care of us like God can. Listen to me, church. There's a bunch of politicians up here in the, in the big White House, and they think that they're taking care of us. I'm going to tell you something. If you're relying on them to take care of you, shame on you. God will take care of us. God promises to take care of us. He promises to never leave or forsake us. He promises to give us what we need, not what we want. What we need. Man, I, I, I live by that every day. Every day of my life for 26 years, I've claimed that and named it. And I thank God every day. I thank God for the Holy Spirit. I tell God every day. I don't know how many times a day I tell God I love him. How long has it been since you told God you love him? How long has it been since you worshipped him in, in the Holy Spirit? I'm going to tell you, church, it's real. The Holy Spirit is real. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're missing a whole nother realm. There's levels of our Christianity. But you've got to get serious as you take those steps. And you've got to realize something. When you get the steps up a little higher, there's going to be more required of you. You hear what I'm saying? Peter was like the captain. You hear what I'm saying? 
I don't know about you all, but I always picture Peter as this, this big, strong guy, you know, that he'd slap a head off of you in a heartbeat. You know, he'd scare you to death by looking at you. That's the way I picture Peter, amen. He was a warrior. He cut that guy's ear off. Was that him? Cut that guy's ear off? I think it was. Jesus said, no, no, don't cut his ear off. Let me put that back on there. I'm going to tell you something, church. We need warriors like that today. We need people that are going to stand up and say, you've got no power here, Satan. You ain't worth nothing. You'll never be worth nothing. You're a liar, deceiver, a cheat. You do everything you can to destroy me and my ministry, amen. And when we begin to understand that we walk in a power that only God has, get ready. Get ready. We would stand out there giving crosses out, man. You ought to see some of them come by. Asa come out there and Asa would help me. He was going right out on the street to give them the crosses away. Some of them people, they'd see them crosses and they'd start walking like this. Some of them wouldn't take a cross. It's like, come on, it's a piece of wood. But it's anointed. It's prayed over. You didn't know that, did you? Let me tell you something, church. I believe in anointings. You all don't know me that well yet. I've only been here six months, but there's power in anointing. The Bible says to anoint. I anoint everything. You hear what I'm saying? I anoint food. I've anointed my house. I anoint my motorcycles, my vehicles. Everything I got, I claim for the glory of God. When people come to my house and aren't saved and they're eating with me, I'll anoint their food. I anoint my children's beds. I anoint my grandchildren. When they're sleeping, I got my hand on them, praying over them. I'm going to tell you, church, there's power in prayer. When the angel showed up, he was like, we're breaking loose out of this place. A lot of people today need to break loose. You see, you're so bound up, so chained up, that God can't use you on assignment. We've been reading this book, Mario Marilla. Am I pronouncing that right? What a powerful book. And he's talking about the awakening that's coming and the assignment that we have as the body of Christ. And we all have an assignment, buddy. Every single one of us here have an important assignment. Not just a assignment, but an important assignment. So they walked right out. Peter walked right out. I'll tell you, that, that's a powerful thing to walk out. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought it was a scene of vision. You ever have something happen to you and you don't know how, any idea how it happened? And then you say, oh, well, that just must have been something that happened. Instead of saying, man, that was God. I know that was God. I know there was an angel in, in control there. I believe without a doubt I got a special angel. I believe my son's watching over me. And I look at him like Peter now, you know, big, strong, ready to cut somebody's head off in a heartbeat. I'm talking about the demons now. There's so many demons out there, boy. You know, the, the worst part about it is the people in the world don't even realize they're demon-possessed. They don't realize that the devil has gotten into them, and they, they don't have any control over what they do. I thank God that God gives us that control. It said when they had passed the first and the second guard, and they came to the iron gate leading into the city, it opened up for them, and it was own accord, and they went out and went along one street and immediately the angel left him angel done his part then Peter came to himself have you ever come to yourself man I tell you what the day I accepted Jesus Christ into my life <laughs> there was a major battle going on you hear what I'm saying the devil 
and Jesus. And Jesus was in the form of a friend of mine, and he was speaking the word to me. And Satan was speaking to me, telling me, I can't be saved. I'm too mean and nasty and done too many bad things. And there was a, there was a spiritual battle going on there. And man, when I came to my senses, and he said to me one day, Doug, he said, you don't have to live like this. Jesus died for your sin. That's all he said. And man, it's like a bubble popped. And I was like, you know, Lord, if you're real, you come into my heart and you show me and I'll do the best I can for you the rest of my life. That was my simple prayer. And that moment, I got saved. Well, I rededicated my life. I really got saved at about 12 down here at Ingle Chapel Church. I can take you to the place at the altar that I went. Nobody drugged me there. I went there on my own free will. It was during a revival, and God picked me up out of my seat and, and drew me there, and I asked the Lord into my heart. I believe he honored that. I believe he honored that child prayer when I come to the altar and I accepted him. And then 18 years later, I rededicated my life to the Lord. I'm going to tell you, I had a moment of clarity like Peter did. Peter said, and now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod, Herod's clutches and everything the Jewish people were anticipating. They couldn't wait for Peter to get killed. They knew that people were waiting on the streets to see the shadows that they might be touched by the power of God. They knew that Peter walked in such an anointing. When he grabbed somebody by the hand to lift them up that was crippled, they began to walk. They knew that Peter was one of the most powerful soldiers that Jesus had. They wanted to see him die. And Peter thought it was a vision coming out, but then after the angel left, he said, man, that was some real stuff right there. I bet that's what Megan said the other day. That was some real stuff right there. I felt like I was in NASCAR when I went sliding through the fast lane. I'm going to tell you, God does some things that if we don't realize it, we, we think it's just something going on when we don't give God the glory. You got to tell somebody about it. You got to let people know what God's done. So he went and knocked at the door of the gate and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer and she recognized Peter's voice because of her joy. She didn't open the gate but ran and announced that Peter was standing in front of the gate. She was so happy and excited. She's like, oh my gosh, that's got to be Peter. Let me go tell him. I mean, why didn't she open the gate? She, she didn't open the gate. Peter's still standing out there. And then what happens? They tell him, they say, oh, they said to her, you are out of your mind. You ever been out of your mind? You're out of your mind. But she kept insisting that was so. And they kept saying, it, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. Isn't that about like us? Come on, church. Huh? We'll pray, and we'll pray, and we'll pray for something, and then when it happens, we'll go, well, that didn't happen. God didn't do that. You know, that's just a coincidence. I've prayed and prayed for years. You know what I'm saying? I'm still praying for things. You got you to gotta be steadfast in that prayer. These people were praying, and when their prayer was answered, they were like, oh, that can't be Peter. Well, that's what you were praying for. Do you not believe that you had the power to get it? 
that's the problem, church. We don't walk in the power of God in such a way that when we claim it and we name it, Jesus said that you'll be able to do greater things than I can do. Man, that's some powerful stuff, church. Powerful stuff we need to get involved in and start doing. When we begin to do that, God begins to do great things. So there was Peter, and he was witnessing to him. Man, you ain't going to believe what just happened to me. There he was. And the church was probably like, wow, my prayers work. Do your prayers work? Do your prayers work? Do you know God is your Lord and Savior? Now, when the day came, there was no little disturbance. And among the soldiers over what they'd become of Peter, and after Herod searched for him and did not find him, he examined the centurions and ordered that they should be put to death. Then they came down from Judea to Caesarea and spent time there. Can you imagine? Oh, this is a day. He's, he was skipping down to the prison. He's like, I'm going to take this guy and I'm going to cut his head off and the Jews are just going to love me. And he got down there and guess what? God, you ain't going to mess with this one. You're not going to mess with this one. God had done taken care of that. Herod got so mad he killed every guard in there. But they were some, they were some crazy people to kill him. They were some of the best killers in the world. Crucifying and torturing. They were some of the best at it. And this guy, he was a, he was a politician. That's what he was. For Rome. I'm going to tell you something, church. We got some corrupt politicians in the world today we got people trying to make laws and rules and regulations for us that aren't of God pay attention church people say well I don't know well if you vote for abortion shame on you if you vote for things you know that are against the word of God shame on you because you're actually just saying I, I'm going to go with them well, I voted Republican all my life, or I voted Democrat all my life. Shame on you. Shame on you. I thank God that he, he directs us who to vote for. I believe politicians, we need politicians, church. We need people in high places. We need Christians up in the White House that are going to stand up for what's right and what's wrong. We need that. Don't fool yourself and think, well, we shouldn't be politicians. That's a lie from the devil. That's why for so many years the people weren't politicians because the big church told them, oh, don't get in that mess. We'll stay here in the church and we can run it from here. No, you can't. You got to be up there. You got to be involved. Some of you are called to be politicians, whether you like it or not. Some of you's assignment is to go out and help people to get elected. Believe it or not, God's got an assignment for us. Sitting on the point of the day, Herod was on his royal robe and he took his seat upon the throne and delivered an orientation. How do you say that word? Orientation? Oration? Oration. That's a oration to them. And the people were shouting the voice of God, not of man. Immediately the angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God glory and he was eaten by worms and bread. And he died. Let me tell you, when the Lord, when the angels show up, things happen. Do you hear what I'm saying? 
Good things happen and bad things happen. Don't you think for a minute that bad things can't happen because they can. If God decides you're done, you're done. If God decided that day he was done, he was done. I thank God that I'm on the Lord's side. I'm in the Lord's army. Amen. If I'm going to be walking with somebody, it's going to be the angel of the Lord. You know, this guy, he thought he had it. He thought he was it. In the, in the world today that we're living in, they're trying to change everything we believe. They're trying to get us, church, to depend on them instead of depend on God. I will tell you, if you're not depending on God today, you're going to struggle for your life. You're going to struggle for your life. The power of prayer released Peter. Chains were broken, doors were open. What are you dealing with today? Chains were broken and doors were open. What are the chains you need to break today? What are the doors that you need to open and let God take care of? Because I'm going to tell you something, church. You can't do it on your own. And if you think you can, you're fooling yourself. You can't do it. And it said, but the word of God grew and multiplied. Amen. You know, I thank God today for, for you all. I want you to realize that we're in a battle, church. We're in a battle. I wanted to read this last little thing here I have. Sorry about that. Power comes from God. And, and Mario Marilla, you know, says that God's going to give us our assignments to save America. To save America. That's pretty serious. You know, when I was in the Marine Corps, they gave us assignments. And they were pretty serious sometimes where we went. But in Luke 21, 15, it says, For I will give you a mouth and wisdom with which your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. You hear that? God will give you the wisdom and the mouth to say what? He wants you to say. I've heard so many people say, Preacher, I can't do that. You're right. You can't do it. God can. I don't care who you are in here today. If you're walking in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, God can give you the words to sell somebody that needs to hear it. But you've got to be faithful. John 16, 15 says, All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore said I that he taketh of mine and shall show it unto you. That's Jesus. First Corinthians 2, 12 and 13 says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things we also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. You know what I'm saying? Spiritual things with spiritual things. That's what it's all about, church. When we surrender to the Holy Spirit, there's three things that you've got to do. You've got to trust God. My favorite scripture, Psalms 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. What's the desire of your heart today? Matthew 6, 33 says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. That's the trust we've got to have. Lean not on our own understanding. Lean not on our own understanding. You, you can't figure this out. Don't try. Just let God do it. 
Just say, Lord, come into my life and help me to change. If any of you like wisdom, let him ask God that giveth to all people liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given. The word of God, the wisdom for you. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You hear me? And then we got to acknowledge God in all of our ways. Will you surrender to the Holy Spirit today? Breaking chains and open door. We got a song, John. Got a song. We're going to have a song today. If you want to come and pray, if you're dealing with the chain today, if you're wanting God to walk through a door for you, you've got to open it up for him. You've got to open it up for him. God loves us so much. God loves you so much. He'd go to the end of the world for you. He'd never leave you or forsake you. But you've got to love God too. You want to be blessed today? You want to begin to get your assignment and start working for the Lord? Today's the day. Today's the day you got to say seriously, Lord, what do you got me here for? Is it, is it handing out snow cones? Praise God. I'll tell you what, we made a lot of people smile yesterday with snow cones. You hear what I'm saying? I'm telling you, they're getting them snow cones. And I know Chrissy was praying over them. I know she had to be, Lord, just bless them. You see, it doesn't matter. It don't have to be some great thing. There's all kinds of assignments, church. And every single person in here, when we see the awakening happen, we'll all be doing our assignment. You, you can't walk away from it. You can't make excuses and say, oh, I'm tired or I'm this or I'm that. I, I want to give kudos to all the softball players, though. I was really blessed. Uh, there was no fighting, no whining, no crying. I didn't hear any anyway, you know. And we took a pretty good beating. But it, it was for the Lord, amen. It's for the Lord. It wasn't like we're a big rock star or ball player. It's like we're just having fun. And you know what happened? People actually got to see that we could work with the Gasaway Baptist Church. You hear what I'm saying? And then they said, well, you know what? Maybe we can do some more stuff together. I'm telling you, church, pay attention. God's getting ready to do something. He's getting ready to do something. you got to be wanting to get your assignment done, though. Amen. Go ahead, play that song, would you? You're going to come to the altar and pray today. It's going to be open. Don't wait any longer. Today's the day. Every time I try to make it on my own. Every time I try to stand and start to fall. And all those lonely roads that I traveled. There was Jesus When the life I feel came crashing to the ground When the friends I had were nowhere to be found I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now Well, there was Jesus In the waiting, in the searching, in the healing, in the hurting, like a blessing buried in the broken pieces. Every minute, every moment where I 
Heavenly Father, we come to you today thanking you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Lord, my prayer is today that everyone in this place knows you as Lord and Savior. And if they don't, Lord, maybe today would be that day. Lord, when angels show up, things happen. We see it in the scriptures. Peter got released. Herod got killed. Things happen, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we're on the winning side. I've read the book. We win. Lord, I thank you for that power that we walk in, Lord. And if there's somebody in here that don't walk in that power, maybe today would be the day that they would accept you into their lives and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I just love you so much, and I want to serve you. I want to be on assignment for you the rest of my life. And so, Lord, I want to stay healthy, and I want to do the work that it takes to get close to you, to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit so that I know when the Holy Spirit says go and to stay. I know when the Holy Spirit says to, to be led and guided. Lord, that I know when the Holy Spirit's speaking directly to me. Let us all know that, Lord. Because, Lord, then we know for sure what our assignments are. Lord, we just thank you for your mercy and your grace today. We thank you for this time together. Take us out into the work week. Let us walk in such an anointing that people want to know what's wrong with us. People want to know why we have the joy of our salvation in our lives. Why we live the way we live? Because we love you, Lord. And there's no greater thing that we can have but the love that we have for you and that you have for us. Help us to share that every day with people, Lord. And we give you the praise and the glory. Lord, bless the money that's being taken up at the end of the offering. Lord, that it would be used for your kingdom and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day. If you didn't get to give your offering and you want to, feel free to come up and give it now.